We are Pro Cannabis Media. Well, another week and another weed and another good show on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. I got to tell you about this guy, Rabbi Yaakov Cohen. He heads up an international kosher food company out of Houston, Texas, and he's pro-cannabis. So he'll bless your THC edibles, your CBD edibles, your tinctures, and uh, your vegan foods. That's on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. I think I maybe missed another weed, though. You gotta go deep. You gotta go deep. There we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, a very special podcast that's available on all the big podcast aggregators and podcast distribution networks. We are very honored to have with us today a very special guest. His name is Rabbi Yaakov Cohen. He comes from Houston, Texas now, but he actually grew up in California. Rabbi Yaakov Cohen, thank you so much for joining us on In the Weeds today. Wonderful. Excited to be here. You, sir, are quite the story. First of all, let's start with the fact that you run a company or are involved with a company called Whole Kosher Services, correct? Correct. Explain to our non-enlightened uh, audience what exactly you do as a rabbi in the kosher world. Great. Okay. So a lot of people do think that, you know, a food product, when it becomes kosher certified, means basically you'll bring in the rabbi and he will give a blessing. Okay. Right. It's blessed by the rabbi. Right? Right. Uh, nothing could be farther from the truth, even though it is blessed, but there are very um, specific laws as dictated in the five books of Moses, the Old Testament, in terms of what a person can eat, what is kosher, and what is not kosher. Kosher literally means proper or fit, meaning fit for consumption, only what is consumed in the mouth, okay? So there are many, 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 almost close to maybe 2,000 nowadays, kosher certification agencies worldwide, okay? And basically what we do is we will check on a product, let's say, that they, uh, the manufacturer wants to have a kosher certification. So basically what we do is we review basically two things, goes into kosher certification, one is we have to make sure all of the raw materials come from a kosher source, okay? So that basically, as we said, what is dictated in the five books of Moses, there are many types of foods items, right? You'll have meat, right? Meat item, like let's say an animal. What are the, this is your Bible uh, test for today. Uh-oh. are two signs it says in the Bible that makes a kosher animal. You need two signs, right? A lot of people know this, some people don't. Some people did their Google research last night, some people don't, and I go into a lot of meetings where it was a guy, he's up on it, yeah. Okay. Play the two signs, split hooves and chew cud. Okay, it has to have both, not just one. A camel chews its cud, but does not have split hooves in its feet, so it's not kosher. A pig has Split hooves, but it does not chew its cud. It is not kosher. Mentioned one time in the Bible not to eat pork. Okay? Mm -hmm. So basically, it limits us basically to cow, sheep, goat, deer, giraffe, 
if you could figure out where to slaughter a giraffe. Not that you'd want to do that, but in any case, we're limited in terms of the type of animal that we could eat. And then even after that, there are many, many detailed laws in terms of how do you do the ritual slaughter. You have to have a knife. It has to be razor sharp. You go over it with your nail to make sure there's no nick in it. If there's the slightest nick and you slaughtered the animal, it's still called disqualified, right? <laughs> so you have to have no nicks in the knife. It has to be in the neck because it has to drain the blood the fastest. Because believe it or not, the, the Torah says that the life force of an animal is in the blood. So if you were to drain the blood the fastest, that would be the fastest way to killing an animal, to drain the life force the fastest way, not a bullet in the head or an air gun or whatever other people use, okay? And even after you do it right, then you still have to inspect inside the internal organs for any diseases, any signs of disease. A lot goes into meat. Okay, so it's a very, very sensitive item, meat. That's just one item. Then you'll have your dairy. And, you know, of course, we don't mix. We'll mix. We're not even allowed to own it. It mentions three times in the Bible not to mix meat and milk. We're not allowed to put the cheese, even for someone else, even for a Gentile, I'm not allowed to put the cheese on the burger for someone else. Not allowed. Okay? Very strict. No cheeseburgers. People are shocked when they hear that. They go, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here, Rabbi. I was going to be kosher. I'm out of here. Okay. And then you'll have a fish. Fish needs two signs. Are you aware of this, Jimmy? No. no. I, I, look, I, my favorite food is not kosher. Okay? <laughs> I, I, I'm the not kosher eater. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I never was in it. I've been in kosher homes. My house was never kosher. I was raised conservative in the greater Boston area. So I did. I was uh, certainly exposed to it. I was raised reform in Los Angeles, California. I had wow. no clue. No clue. Wow. Okay. We had bacon in our house and then, and, uh, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. There was no... After my bar mitzvah, zip. It was nothing. Okay, until I got to Jerusalem, and then I w understood. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. Um, in any case, so let's say fish. Fish needs two signs. It has to have fins and scales. If it doesn't have fins and scales, it is not a kosher fish. So therefore, you're eliminated all your lobster, your crab, your shrimp, your crawfish, your catfish. You know, shark cartilage. Any derivative of these also by the way, any derivative of these, and the biggest derivative that's predominant, especially in the cannabis world now that people are making gummies, is the gelatin. And gelatin right. is from melted cow bones or melted pig bones. Now, I've got it, I, I will admit, okay, I am not surrounded by vegans, but I'm extremely, uh, where, um, I'm around two of them in particular. And uh, vegan gummies have certainly uh, been put out there uh, on the medicinal dispensary menus. And so it does kind of lend itself. I had to learn because I love jello. I'll admit it. Okay. My mother used to make jello molds. I love it. I had kosher jello. Okay. Right. Of course. Right. Well, now I understand you can actually find it. And it, it, listening to a podcast you did, I think with Lance Kreck was, was the thing that enlightened me. I was like, oh, think you can find vegan gelatin. Absolutely.
There is sources for that even came from cows, but that's a complicated matter. It can be done. All I know is it can be done and it can be kosher. Okay. Because it's completely changed its, uh, its original form. It's a completely different substance and there's criteria for that. In any case, I get so it. That's fish. I get okay. it. Any derivative of fish or any derivative of cows or a mixture of yeah. meat. Right. And then there's, of course, then there's uh, what we'll have by bugs. We're not allowed to eat bugs. That's a. I try to avoid bugs as much as Yeah, you know, but, you know, sometimes, you know, mostly nowadays, the biggest, our issues with bugs is besides that the fact that they used to make the red dye from M&Ms from beetle blood, would you right. believe? How did you know that? What the, where, where, where did you learn that? That's known, baby. I mean, that's, I'm that's, <laughs> okay. That's, that's, you know. Okay. Carmine oh. is one of those, uh, they, it's still, they, it's, you still find it. Okay. The coloring and it comes from beetle blood. Okay. They still make it these days. Okay. They make it now synthetic. And that's when, when, believe me, after I was in yeshiva in Jerusalem and I knew that the M&Ms were not kosher and then they came out with, ah, they came out with a synthetic dye for the red. It was kosher. I was so happy that day. I definitely rejoiced. And so that's, um, that's so bugs, but mostly bugs are predominant actually in green leafy vegetables. Okay. So let's say like your romaine lettuce, your spinach, your kale, uh, strawberries uh, have a very high percentage. All these things have very small bugs in them. And so we have to go through a rigorous washing and checking of these vegetables. Vegetables inherently are kosher. Okay. It's the problem is that there's a high level of infestation on them. So you got to do a rigorous washing and then checking to make sure that there's no bugs in there. Okay. Cause we're not allowed to eat a bug. It mentions in the Torah five times about not eating a creepy crawler. Okay. And if it's a flying creepy crawler, six times. Okay. So there's a lot of negative commandments, let's say in the Torah, cause the Torah is full of positive to do's good do's. And then there's avoid things to avoid like a doctor. Avoid this, do this, right? Exercise, don't eat, whatever, okay? So in any case, so that's bugs. And okay. we're not allowed to eat bugs or any derivative of bugs. Okay. Um, and then, of course, then there's wine, right? Wine or the, once a grape, and this came from thousands of years ago as the rabbis made an enactment because wine is used for our Jewish rituals a lot. Hooray Prihagafen! Hooray Prihagafen! We use it for, you know, Kiddush on Sabbath Eve. We sanctify the day on Yom Tov, on holidays also we sanctify. Wine is a very special ritual thing that is built into our system. So the rabbis enacted, because it is so special, and all wine looks alike to me, right? <laughs> so you can confuse a non-Jewish wine that was used for some pagan ritual for a kosher wine. And because this is so, has a level of sanctity to it, the rabbi said, they went like this, from the time that the grape is squeezed until it either reaches a certain boiling point, that means it went down in terms of its quality, or it is, let's say you make wine, sealed with a double seal. If it's touched by a non-Jew, it is disqualified. It's just one of those. So therefore, and that really bleeds into the idea where, where we see that now is grape flavor. Grape flavors, now they make a synthetic grape flavor or they make a kosher grape flavor. 
can be. It's out there. Plenty of kosher grape flavor, but not all grape flavors kosher. Okay? When you think it's just a fruit, Rabbi, one of those things. So anyways, uh, we have a spectrum of foods from, from meat to milk to fish to bug to grape, right? And then you have any derivatives of, of those also. So that's ingredients. That's raw materials. We have to make sure, let's say, if we're going to go to a plant that's going to make some gummies, we have to make sure that, you know, the pectin is used or agar or they use the kosher gelatin. And there's a lot of places working on that. And then all the other ingredients as well that goes into the gummy. And including even actually the, um, including actually the oil that's made for CBD or cannabis oil. A lot of places make cannabis oil. Yeah, CO2 is usually not an issue, but if they make it with an ethanol, now ethanol, I always thought, that's corn, right? Well, there can be ethanols made from grapes or whey, which is a dairy, okay? Which makes a difference if it's a dairy product because then you have to watch out. You're not eating it with meat. But a grape, if it's a grape ethanol, so then you can have an issue with it. So even in terms of, let's say, making a cannabis oil, the, the, usually what we'll do is we'll try to, we have to check into the ethanol that they use if they use it to make sure that it's kosher. Once again, we look at the raw materials. And then that's part one and part two, basically, for this industry is to make sure that the, in, the uh, equipment is remains or keeps its kosher status that means that it's not shared with a non-kosher substance on a different run uh, the biggest example is uh coconut oil coconut oil it's a vegetable rabbi coconut what could be wrong with coconut oil the issue is a lot of oils are made in the same equipment in the same manufacturer uh, as they make a beef oil, a non-kosher beef oil. Mm. So if on Monday you run a non-kosher beef oil, and then on Tuesday you're going to run your coconut oil, the equipment has been contaminated with the non-kosher beef oil. So it results in a cross-contamination. And that coconut oil, which should be okay, is not okay. So when we go into a place and we look at a facility, we will check on the equipment. Was there, was it used? And, or was it new? Most places it's new equipment. We don't have an issue if it's new, if we look at the past records of what they were using in that equipment. And then we can, and that's how we ascertain if a company is viable to be kosher certified. That's basically what it takes. We go, we inspect the places, and then, uh, once, and then we send inspectors every so often to check in, they have to do spot inspection got to do it can't be an announced inspection it has to be unannounced like oh the rabbi's here why why jimmy i bet you can answer because it's inspection time and if you knew the rabbi was coming you'll hide the bacon right <laughs> or the lobster in my case okay hey, i'm sorry I or the lobster you'll hide the lobster okay so you can't do that right I get so you, that's I get why you. we're, hi, the rabbi's here, and he's got to check every, and he goes through the ingredients. So he inspects a few times a year. We go out. We send people all over to all of, of the places that we give kosher certification to. 
they go and they inspect. And usually, most of these places are basically, um, what can you say? They don't change their ingredients. So usually there's nothing very serious. We don't get many serious problems. Gotcha. So I, I've got to ask, you've mentioned cannabis a few times, and obviously we're pro-cannabis media, so there's a reason for us to be chatting about this. Um, you went, kosher in particular is a, is a niche industry. I mean, you can't go into most markets. You have to go to a kosher market to get kosher food. And, you know, you really have to be dedicated and disciplined to, to adhere to a kosher diet. Um, now you take that to the cannabis side of things. Now you're in a niche inside a niche. How are you doing this? Okay. First, you have to understand, the kosher market is not just for Jewish people who observe the Jewish dietary laws. Right. Oh, I understand. You want Muslims who eat halal will oh, eat yep. Vegans, yeah. vegetarians, health conscientious people, people interested in a safe, healthy product. If you go to 60% of the items that are in your local grocery store are already kosher certified. Anybody usually picks up when they see a kosher symbol next to a non-kosher symbol on a similar item, they will go for that because third-party audit, another pair of eyes looked at it, and it's worth it. That's really, so it's, it's, it's not just for, for Jewish people. Okay. It's those things that increases the market value. I think the estimated is about 15% a year in terms of sales, because it's not just Jews. It's a broader range and opening up to a broader market. Gotcha. But what's okay. your second question that you asked? About cannabis. You niche, go for, you go niche in the ditch. Cannabis. Uh-oh, did we lose you? We just, we just froze. The rabbi just froze on us, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if that, it was the magic word of cannabis or not, but I, we, we have a freezing, a frozen rabbi with us. Um, okay. There you are. There you are. You're back. Oh, and you're moving. We have a moving rabbi on frozen now. And he's always moving because the issue is. Okay. Backlighting is not good. That's, that's much better. Thank you very much. Perfect. The issue is my uh, internet is stationed in a place where sometimes my office goes in and out. I, I certainly understand that. And even though you are a rabbi, you are still you still have to deal with technology. Right? Oh man, tell me about it. I'm so <laughs> low rated on that. So okay. back to cannabis. How okay. did you get into the cannabis world? Okay, so the story is because I had a son who was diagnosed with brain cancer mm -hmm. seven years ago. Yep. And we went through the entire protocol, all of the, the, he had surgery, he had radiation, he had chemo, he went through everything and he had a relapse and we were trying to rehabilitate him. And, you know, of course we knew about cannabis because it helps also to reignite the appetite because he didn't have an appetite for food. Mm -hmm. He didn't eat. So we're trying to like reignite that. My wife still also had a hunch that what the doctors were, were, were they were not on, um, which means like they, he, she suspected them of making a mistake because it was a relapse. And then we heard about going to California. We heard about cannabis. It was very promising for us because basically they did not have anything to offer us. So we flew to California. We got a, him a prescription after there. And then we found a farm because this doctor was prescribing because we didn't want it. You know, the psychoactive part was, we already had some issues with some people sending us stuff from Israel for him that, you know, and nobody had a protocol. 
Right. Now it's, there's some, there's more, at least we didn't have access to a, a good protocol. Mm -hmm. So we landed up in a farm where we were juicing it raw, giving it to them. And we were taking oil and, you know, we were trying on all angles because it says you got to try all angles. And he was doing great there, but we couldn't stay there. We came back to Texas and the people agreed to send us uh, via mail uh, the medicine. And of course it, it, uh, it didn't make it. It got, it got discovered at a post office and they lost their farm. It was a huge deal. We, he didn't get his medicine and he declined. Uh, we went to, we ended up in um, Columbia Hospital in New York with some, another experimental uh, medicine, um, but he met his, he, he declined and passed away. Very sorry for that. I knew that part of your story. Because of that and our experience, I was then approached by a lot of people uh, with a lot of ailments, a lot of ailments. And I was saying, you know, try cannabis. They're coming out with new uh, technology or what do you call it? New developments, right? All the studies in Israel that are coming out. Mm -hmm. and I say, try it, go for it, right? And I would tell them how they could go ahead and access it because I knew some places in California where they could be accessed. And then, of course, people are going, well, what, what about it being kosher? Because I'm, I'm a rabbi in the world. And my father said, why don't you go around and make play these places that it's available for people, make them kosher. So I said, wow, that'd be a great idea. And let me go for it because, you know, it seems to be it's an open market, okay? And because, you know, the, 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 the regular kosher market is pretty saturated and uh, maybe this might be an open field for me also to expand my business. Mm -hmm. And it's also deep in my heart because I, I know and you know and we're all dealing with the huge stigma that is around this herb, okay? Mm -hmm. So... I mean, we knew people that their kids were having seizures, 300 a day, and we were saying, no, take this, take the oil. And they wouldn't do it because of the stigma. Mm. And the whole family falls apart. The kids suffered brain damage and the family falls apart. And, it's, and, we, and, I, and there's numerous families that have this happen. And so we, I went to uh, some places, you know, and uh, talked to some people, met some people, and they said, yeah, we want to be kosher. And, and then one thing led to another. And then through uh, LinkedIn, you know, somebody gave me the advice, go to LinkedIn, hook up with the CEO of all of these places that are producing and ask them if they want to go kosher. And a lot of places respond. A lot of places respond. Okay. Because once again, it is going to expand their market, gives a third-party audit, and makes for a safer, healthy product. People feel better about it. Mm -hmm. I, I did some research and I believe there is a um, uh, 253 dispensary in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts or something uh, that is kosher. Am I right? Yes. 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 From, for, yes. In Massachusetts. They, um, you know, and so the idea here is for, for, from, from my perspective, I, it's a medicine. It's medicinally, I don't, hold by necessarily the recreational field of people, okay? Because I hold recreationally, it's, it shouldn't be, it has to be, you have to be a very mature adult, okay? I think in 10 years, it's got, not gonna be an issue, but, you know, for example, I think, you know, 
I talked to people who advised that it should never be taken for any uh, young person until they're 26, 27, because there's a certain part of the brain that is still developing and it can impede that part of the brain. I don't know if you saw any uh, developments around that. For me? Did yeah. you want me? <laughs> Forget about you. I'm just talking about in the science that's coming out. The science is coming out now. No, I, I told, and, and I support that, but I am so, I don't like how our youth are using the adult product that is still uh, illegal unless you are under uh, over 21, and that would be alcohol. And to me, the alcohol impact on the brain still is far more serious than the impact on the brain uh, of the cannabis leaf, the sativa plant. Uh, we're talking about a plant. Do you have the research on that? Yes, I do, actually. I'd like to see that. I'll be, I can. I actually have it. I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I actually have that in my computer right now. And after this talk, I'm going to share it with you. I'd like to see that. Okay. And uh, my rabbi in Israel said the same thing that you do. I know him. Yes, okay. you know, you do know him. Okay. <laughs> but listen, my my business is. I want to make it that people who need it for any ailment, mm -hmm. whether it's arthritis, whether it's sleeping, whether it's lupus, whether it's whatever, right. that, that that kosher cannabis is available to them wherever they would go. So if they're in Massachusetts and they need it for their arthritis, okay, because they didn't want to bring it over a plane, God forbid, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, and they need to access it, they can access kosher medicine easily. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as far as my, on the books for you and me, I'm only giving a kosher for it medicinal. Right. I get, and now is that something that um, I, I was reading uh, that ha as a rabbi, you can't have uh, any kind of a access if it's adult use recreational is that is that have something to do with the religion or is it just a personal choice of yours no it's actually there was rabbi moshe feinstein came out with a decision in law that he was asked confronted yep. uh, that if his students in his rabbinical school can smoke it okay so he said emphatically no okay and unreasonably so for many reasons. At the time, they're rabbinical students. They're aspiring to be rabbis. If you engage in activity, I don't know how far you're going to get, okay? I do see, and you can probably agree with me, a lot of kids who, who, who engage in this, a lot, I mean, I can't say all, but there are those who don't get anywhere in life, okay? I see them, they're still at the car wash, okay? The guy's 29 years old and still at the car wash. It's not there. Okay, um, so but that's for a different discussion. I'm not going to get on the get into that right now. So the idea of of what I do is I do in the edible market. Gotcha. And my intention and their intention, and I make them the manufacturer know that I'm doing this to make it available for people who need it for a medicine. Medicine. Now, yep. With it, that they're going to put it out into the recreational. Market, it's not my business, okay? We actually, in the Torah, we don't even have a word for recreation, actually, in the Bible, okay? I don't see Abraham going playing golf. I didn't see it. Was there a verse? Was there a verse? 
And Isaac went jump bungee jumping. I didn't see the verse. <laughs> I mean, that's what they were doing at the sacrifice. He was going, guess what? You're bungee jumping. Okay. So in any case, that's... is that what he told Isaac? Is that what he told Isaac when he brought him up to the mountain? Is, you know, Isaac was going, you know, we got the, we got the bungee cord. Where's the bridge? Okay. So the bridge is behind you, actually. Right. In any case, um, Oh gosh, you, did you freeze again on me with that internet? What what is it about Houston, Texas? Can we find decent internet in Houston, Texas, somewhere? Because I'm so intrigued with uh, talking to the rabbi. But this is the second time now that we've gone into the frozen thing, um, and I'm really good at filling time. Anybody who knows me well knows that I can fill time, and that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm glad you're back. Um, I think we were going to the mountaintop with Isaac before we lost you, but now we're back. Yeah, right. Really, technically, the Jewish people are very purpose. They are engaged in purposeful living. Every action has to be for a purpose. Okay. Now, you can argue that, and I do argue, and uh, I do think that, and, and we do also have the idea of, of recreation. You know, I would like to even call it recreation. Okay. Ooh, I like that. Creating yourself. Right. Okay. The Rastafarians might like that too. The Rastafarians, as you know, you know, this is the plant that it's ingrained in the human body. Go ahead. Well, there's a lot of the studies are amazing how it, in, how it is involved in the hemiostasis of every cell in your body. Now right. the medicinal yeah. parts, that's what we need to get into. And now I'm going to tell you a great story. Are you ready for this? I didn't I share. Love I can tell that you have you know how to tell a great story. Go ahead. Ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. You might a person a person might wonder why of all of the entire earth why does do the herbs have the monopoly so to speak on healing? Why? Why? Why not fruits? Why not wood? Why not minerals? Well, how did the herbs get their monopoly on healing? I'm going to tell you where it comes from. This is going to blow your mind. Okay, you're ready for this. I am. Okay. It started in Genesis, the very third day of creation. God tells, as it says, okay, we're going to have dry land and we're going to have the oceans. We have dry land. He says, I want there to be trees and grasses. Right? Let there be trees bearing fruit and then the grasses, right? I want there to be trees and grasses. And he tells the trees, it's in the verses. I could read it for you, but we'll get to it later. Just for simplicity. He tells the trees. Now, trees, no mixing. You don't, you cannot intermarry. No cross-pollination. The peat tree cannot do the tango with the avocado tree tonight, Okay. Under the moonlight, there's no dancing. <laughs> I only will engage with the peach tree and the avocado stays with the avocado and everything else. Trees, uh-uh, separate. The grasses, he did not tell. The herbs, he did not tell. Oh. So the herbs are scratching their head going, what are we gonna do? What do we do, right? He tells the trees separate. He didn't tell us nothing. Can we mix? Can we not mix? So the trees made this kind of a fiori argument, kind of this syllogism, this logical 
deduction, they said, well, if the trees are separate naturally and they're told not to mix, us, that it's our nature to all just cover the ground and mix, we all the more so should be separate. So the, all the herbs, all the grasses had a unanimous board meeting and a vote that we're all gonna separate, okay? Listen, right? So the grasses agreed, we're gonna grow separate, we're not gonna mix. So God says, you guys are amazing. You thought that up all by yourself. And because of that, I'm going to reward you with the gift of healing. And therefore, from then on, all of the grasses and herbs, that's why they have cornered the market, so to speak, on all of the healing remedies that we have in the earth, because God gave them that as a gift, okay? It goes on a little bit more that I have to add. If I could embellish just for your, for a few more minutes, something that I said. And I don't know if it's right. I'm sure some of the rabbis are gonna come and knock me down, okay? But we have a phrase, and um, you might be familiar with it. It's the, it's, it's, it's the, it says like this, that King David said in the book of Psalms, the stone that was cast away by the builders became the cornerstone, okay? Now, what does that mean? The stone that was cast away by the builders? So it really, in, in, in many commentaries, explain that when they were building the holy temple in Jerusalem, they were not allowed to cut stones with metal. No iron could touch the stones that were created to make the holy temple, okay? Because you cannot take a substance that's used for war to make a house of peace. So all the stones had to be basically, they used something called a worm. Actually, they discovered it now in the Amazon. There's a type of worm that cuts, that eats stone. They used this type of worm. They had it. In any case, there was one funky stone. There was one funky stone that they did. It didn't fit. It was a misfit. Okay. And they just, they, yeah, yeah, me too. And they just kind of threw it away. They just kind of chucked it off and then we'll get, we'll dump it later. Right. But then when they finally built the entire building and they had the entire structure, then there was this one hole that they couldn't fill and they needed a proper stone to fit it. And then they found that stone, the stone that they threw away. They put it there and it became the cornerstone. Okay. But I use that in terms of, let's say, there's one herb that you and me and the world know got a bad rap. Did it not? Oh, yeah. It had, was singled out that this is a destructive element. And now we are seeing the turnaround, how there's an amazing healing element in this herb, that it heals a lot of people and gives them a lot of relief in a lot of ways, right? right. And Work out the mental relief. That's a discussion you and me could have because I do have the question of, does it heal the mind? Okay. But let's not, let's put aside that for now and just say, now the stone that was cast away, meaning the herb that was cast away by the builders, mm -hmm. becomes a corner herb. And it's a very predominant element that we use in healing all over. How does that sound? So the analogy I'd like to make about the cornerstone 
is we're going through an incredible part of history, something I've never experienced in my 62 years on this earth. None of us have. Correct. And there's all sorts of things going on. And I'm a half full kind of guy when I look at a glass anyway. So my point, there is already a movement of some positivity coming out of not just the COVID-19, but the protests about the horrible treatment of those people who are of color in our midst uh, over the generations. And I'm just wondering, is the, the peaceful protests that have emerged after the initial violent protests, is that a lesson learned by human behavior? Is it go, are we going to have positive elements emerging from this horrific virus and these horrible protests that we've seen over the last uh, 10 days or so? Did you say horrible protests? Well, my point is the violence of the protests. Yeah, violence a, is a problem. And I right. think the I protests that are peaceful are awesome. I'm I want the peaceful. If you go, let's go stick with the peaceful. Yeah, I'm good on the, I'm good on the peaceful. I'm big on the peaceful. We're all big on the peaceful. The violent, of course, I think because you got, you got other issues going on because. Yes. You know, uh, they, 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 uh, there are the forces there. You know, there are forces that seriously do not like the president and they, I feel that they're just absolutely going bazonkers to try to get rid of them and they'll do anything they can, including paying people money to do damage. That's what I think. By the money is the root of all evil. Money is not a good to put bricks out in the street for people. There's, that, 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 it's a question. Yeah. I, what's going on? Here? Okay. Okay. But let's, let's look at it. You have to look at it as the direction of that we're going in is that, listen, between you and me, we have to, at, that, that you, I'm sure you're familiar with what's called the critical mass, mm -hmm. okay? which means like the hundredth monkey, the famous hundredth monkey. You remember that scenario where there were monkeys on different islands and they would put the potatoes or whatever the food on the beach. The monkeys would come out, eat the potatoes and spit out the sand until on one island, they started to train the monkeys to wash the potatoes first. And as soon as there were a certain number of monkeys on one island who were trained to wash the potatoes instantaneously without cell phone, okay, all the monkeys on the other islands got the idea to wash the potatoes, okay? So in other words, the connection of species when there's a higher level of thinking, a higher level of behaving, a higher way to go. So then there's a certain critical mass of people got it, then instantaneously the rest of the species, let's look at it specifically, the human species gets it, okay? So in other words, let's say there's a, now a, a, a raised awareness about how to treat people, just basically. Right. I'm telling you, that video, I couldn't stand it for 10 seconds. I was so disturbed, okay? Just how to treat people. Okay, so that is going to raise the level of awareness and the protest is making a statement and, the, and, and those people who are protesting peacefully, right? Yep. Of course, the idea creates an energy. And that energy, of course, will bleed out into a global elevation of living. Okay, we call that the critical mass effect. Okay? Right. Mm -hmm. Of course, we know that there's a lot of weight. There's more to go.
<laughs> you think? Yeah, but but we've we have certainly reached the bottom of the pit in my lifetime as far as the boiling of anger and emotion uh, between people, even in Massachusetts, where we are right in the middle of it here. Um, they still have a uh, wear your public wear your masks in public rule. And you're starting to see confrontations in public between people who are wearing the mask and people who are not wearing the masks. Okay. And this, this, this uh, is a very, it's a very serious thing that a person also has to look out for that the forces of divisiveness. Okay. I don't have an answer. I don't. Okay. Especially as far as the masks goes, I have my opinion about the masks. I listen to the, to what was his name, Dr. Butar, right? Who had a hundred doctor panel about do the masks have an effect or not? And all the doctors said it doesn't. The virus is going to go right through the mask, right? Like a like a like a mouse goes through a chain link fence. Mm -hmm. Okay, not going to do anything. But you still have the populace who want it beyond the blue pill. I'm sorry, that's my personal opinion. I, you know, now there is a consideration for others. If you're in a closed place, I would, I would, I respect that consideration and would do it if you're in a closed place and, and as a respect for other people in right. public, I don't see, I can't see it. Okay. Now it's a new religion and I don't follow those new religions. Okay. I have my own religion. Okay. That, that takes up a lot of your time. I might add too. I'm sure. <laughs> yes, it does. Thank God. So when people come to you for, um, explanations of what is going on. How do you handle those questions to you as someone, uh, as, as a rabbi? Like One word. It's one word. And it, the word in Hebrew is called emunah. Emunah means faith, meaning the connection to God. Emunah means connection to the infinite. In other words, behind that you can be experiencing all of the craziness of the world. We have to know there is a creator and he's very much involved in the world and he is controlling everything and he is totally manipulating and orchestrating everything for us to develop, to become the more whole, enlightened human being. And sometimes it takes a push from the backside Okay, sometimes it takes a shove from over here and a, to awaken us to, to move forward in terms of our personal development. Mm -hmm. I, we always say, God runs the world. I don't care who you're talking about. You want to say Bill Gates is going to roll out with the vaccine and he's going to, you know, vaccinate everybody in the entire world, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you could you could go crazy, but we sit back and we go, you know, God is orchestrating everything to perfection. God runs the world. And if we know that everything God does is for the best, then we are at a higher level of serenity, at peace with ourselves. When we are at peace with ourselves, then we make correct decisions, right? And not rash decisions. Right. We, you know, in uh, inflate situations. We deflate because God is all there is. The bottom line that we all are going to get to is called God is all there is. Okay? 
And I know that you're in tune with this as well, okay? Because you know, people who might have taken the herb recreationally or mostly, definitely, people who have taken it medicinally, if they can be aware of their thoughts, right? What are you supposed to be thinking about? If you need to take it medicinally, it's going to affect your psyche, no? Psychoactive effect? Hello, okay? So the idea here is, I'm just gonna move because my wife is talking on the phone. That's okay. On the internet, no, it's okay. I love the moving rabbi camera. Yeah, this is awesome. Oh, you don't get too dizzy, okay? So um, now I forgot where I was talking. Well, we're talking about God, which is great because I it's am- all God. It's all about God. We have a phrase. Whenever you're caught in a bind, you have to say the magic words, which is in Hebrew means ein od milvada, which means there's nothing else other than God. Meaning all of the atoms and all the subatomic particles, and we all know that if you go into subatomic physics and everything like that, we really don't exist, okay? We are specks of consciousness in an infinite ocean, okay? That we're going in, and my happen to be an expression of Yaakov Cohen, right? You're Jimmy right. Young, is an expression of consciousness that is moving through an uh, ocean of infinite light, okay? And there's different expressions, and there's infinite expressions. Of course there's infinite expressions, because God is infinite, right? So it's about one thing and one thing only, connection to God. And, and, and anything, and, and if it helps you get connected, and if you're tested, now the, the most people are tested, right? Because there's mayhem outside. There's people right. masks versus non-masks, right? So God, we know in the end of days, hate to get into some messianic stuff, okay? Mashiach, we say in Hebrew. At the end of days, he's going to push the line in terms of those who are willing to believe and to hold on to the belief that God is all there is. And he's going to, he's going to, he, he, like a coach, you know, he's got to meet, you got to do those reps, you got to do the city, you got to do the workout. He's got to push it. And the imagery is as if, like, say, everybody's hanging on a rope, right? And he's going to shake that rope. Are you going to hang on? Are you not going to hang? Are you going to let go? Okay. So the idea here is we're challenged. And the way that I've been training myself is to appreciate the opportunity, to appreciate the challenge, saying, thank you, God, for this challenge that I get to now connect with you on a higher level. Okay. Does that make sense? To me, it totally makes sense. It's, it's how I live my life. I'm not saying it's not a challenge. It's definitely right. a challenge. But listen, going to the gym has to be a challenge. You can't right. go expect to lift a five-pound weight for, for 50 years. It's not a challenge. You got to lift heavy, and the weights are getting heavier. Okay? The weights are very heavy. The world is shocked. Shocked. Okay? God can uh, – he – you know, you want to say how the how this coronavirus leaked out of Wuhan and well, the espionage that's behind it or whatever, God allowed it to happen, and He allowed everybody to get to get injected with fear. Okay, He allowed everybody to get overcome with this this situation. He wanted it to happen. We say God runs the world, no matter what. So, so we he, we will evolve. We will all be better. 
once we survive this and get through this as a human and species? Is, and the best thing is, is one tool, and it's called, and I, it's a five-strand rope called emuna, which is connection to the Almighty, okay? Connection to the infinite. There is an infinite source who created us. People call him God, okay? You might call him Almighty. You might call him I'm Kabbalistic because I study Kabbalah and teach Kabbalah. Ein Sof. Ein Sof is the highest concept you can get to, which means no end, meaning unlimited. We come from an unlimited source, okay? We are connected to an unlimited source, and we have to climb, and we have to reach, and we have to persevere and hang on. And the five-strand rope is to believe that God, basically it's five strands because there's five thoughts that go into it, okay? One is God is orchestrating every single detail in your life, even the smallest detail. We're taught, you're going to like this one, we're taught by our wise men that there is no blade of grass that does not have an angel standing over it, telling it to grow, okay? I like every blade of grass, okay? So for sure us. We have coaches in the spiritual realm. God, he's like, come on, man. You got to grow. You got to grow. Right? And the idea is to know that God is totally involved in every detail of our lives. Everything God does is for the good. There's a purpose for everything. Even though we can't see it, we have to know God. There's a reason for everything. And then the other two is believe in yourself. That's a big one. That's probably the biggest challenge that humanity has to believe in themselves. Hmm. And then the fifth one is believe in humanity. You have to believe that humanity can get it. And will we, will we all work together to improve? Will this lesson teach us all that our diversity is a strength, not a weakness? It is, isn't it time for us to embrace the people that don't look like us, that may not have the same religion as us? Isn't it time that we've learned that? Isn't that what it's, this might it's, it's, teach us? Listen, you know, we say it twice a day. We say the Shema. Shema, you've heard it before. Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. That one I could have done. I could have done that one. Go ahead. You probably could have done it in Hebrew, too. Yes, I, Shema Yisrael. I got it. I don't know. I got it, pal. I should be standing up, though, shouldn't I? Sorry. Right after these, we say the Shema, we say the Ahafta at Hashem Elokech, which means you shall love Hashem your God, okay? Love, love, focus on the love, okay? And then when we love, and God is sending, God created the world with all kinds of entities, and he created them, and he gives them their existence. He's giving us our existence, and their exists, everything exists for a special purpose. So therefore, if this is God's expression, how could you, who are you, to not love God's expression? Who are you not to love this kind of person or that? It's all part of, we're all part of God's expression, okay? So what's not to love, okay? We have to train ourselves because we're, we're, we've been uh, influenced by who knows what, if not past lives, right? And teachers and environment, right? To hate, to dislike, to make a septive divide. That's not... The Jewish way. No. The Jewish way is all is one and there's only, and, and, and our directive is to love. I am a lover, not a warrior, and I've embraced that my whole life, I want you to know, Rabbi. But we do have the concept of evil and we do need to eradicate evil. Okay, there is such a concept. And 
there is lovers of God hate evil, and there if there is something evil, like if somebody's trying to make a, a to divide, to make to be divisive, right? That's called evil. That's well, the serpent. the serpent in the Garden of Eden. He had a forked tongue because he wanted to do this and separate between Adam and Eve, and separate between God and 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 Adam. He was working to make a, a wedge, and you got to know when to call that out. You don't have to call it out with violence. No. You just Spade to spade. And, and you know, and you know who I'm, I've been quoting a lot. Uh, it's a four-letter word, and he's the brother of George Floyd, Terrence Floyd, and he used that four-letter word. And that four-letter word is vote, and it allows us to go and express ourselves behind the curtain and vote with our conscience and with what we believe is right. And look, and, and and you have to go into the intuition, and you have to use the intuition. Okay, because there's a lot of voices that are we're being bombarded more than ever before. We are tested, like I said, that rope that Hashem is shaking more than ever before because we're bombarded with media. We can't even like think for ourselves. That's why I also advocate meditation, which is very because you got to learn how to just get your thoughts together and what feels right and be aware of your feelings and be aware of your intuition. And it's a great way to shut your brain off and just look inward. That's what I do with my meditation, and it works. Yes, um, absolutely. Rabbi, I, I really think that I could talk with you for hours. Um, you would get nothing done at your work, but I would certainly be enlightened by that. And I just want to say thank you so, so much for sparing uh, some time, sharing some time with me and our audience here. Um, I think we will all be better for it. Uh, and and I, I just think it's amazing that it took kosher cannabis to bring the two of us together. Yeah, thank God. You know, I'm on a mission. I'm on a holy mission from God to make this available, to try to remove the stigma in the world that people will try this amazing herb that it that brings a lot of health to a lot of people. It does. Well, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Cohen, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, wholekosher.com, is that where they go? Wholekosher.com, uh, yes, and my, my direct email, Rabbi Cohen at wholekosher.com. Rabbi there you Cohen. Go. And uh, you're available for bar mitzvahs, parties, weddings, the whole nine yards. No right? bar mitzvahs. I don't do bar mitzvahs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rabbi Yaakov Cohen. Lectures. I do give lectures all over in Kabbalah, mysticism, Hasidic thought, meditation. And, of course, I do also, uh, I go to all over the world, actually, to give certification for cannabis products. All up and down, THC medicinally, uh, CBD, all over. Fantastic. Well, uh, you're, you're certainly doing God's work. And that has a lot, you have a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect for people God, who do that. With his help. That's, That's all about He is Rabbi Yaakov Cohen. I am Jimmy Young, the founder of Pro Cannabis Media and the host of In the Weeds. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. We Talk Now, We Talk News, and In the Weeds are all available on most major podcast distributors like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and our friends at clnsmedia.com and our flagship, cannabis.net. So subscribe, share, and like our videos on all the social media networks out there, including LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, The Weed Tube, and YouTube. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are 
two productions of Pro Cannabis Media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. We are Pro Cannabis Media.